Join us and 1,200 plus other investors at the premier event for commercial real estate pros at the 2024 Best Ever Conference in Salt Lake City, Utah. Get exclusive economic insights from top industry economists, learn actionable strategies to scale your business, expand your network, and discover new investment opportunities. Use our exclusive promo code SPBEC24 to save 10% on your ticket. Visit www.besteverconference.com to learn more. Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Selah and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today, our guest is Jeremy Dyer. And Jeremy is the founder and managing partner of Starting Point Capital. He leads the company's investor relations, strategic partnerships, and serves as the director of marketing for the company. He has an extensive experience in real estate, both as an active and passive investor. And currently, he's a passive limited partner investor in over 4,000 multifamily doors, 24 passive real estate deals in process, and a passive equity investor in over $400 million in total assets. So Jeremy, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Eileen, thank you for having me on your show. So Jeremy, can you share a little bit about your background and how you got started with real estate? I'd be happy to share that with your listening audience. So my investing career really started back in college. During those days, I was trying to find the next best hot stock to purchase, right? And more often than not, that didn't go so well, especially during the dot-com bubble days where sometimes you were getting rich quick overnight, but more often than not, you were kind of losing your short, so to speak. So I got pretty involved in investing in stocks back in college and unfortunately lost a tremendous amount of money implementing that strategy. But once I got into my professional career, I was blessed to be able to climb up the ladder, so to speak, in terms of my sales professional role. And my wife and I had some discretionary cash on the sidelines. We both had a passion for getting into real estate. And so we decided in our 20s to start actively fixing and flipping homes. And that was going relatively well for the two to three years that we were turning single family homes into something better than they were before. And we were walking away with some pretty good cash in order to deploy into our next investment opportunities. The challenge was at that time is we had two children and we had two more on the way. So we were doubling down from two to four kids and spending my time on the evenings and the weekends swinging hammers, dealing with your quintessential tenants, toilets and trash, right? And termites, right? It was really time for us to exit the active real estate investing strategy to be able to spend more time and focus more time on, quite frankly, raising our children and spending time with each other, meaning my wife and I, and doing some of the things that we enjoy to do as a family. So we exited the business in 2015. And at that time, we still wanted to stay in real estate in terms of an investment strategy. And so we made our first investment into a real estate syndication. Back in 2015, I didn't even know what the word syndication meant other than the fact that I knew, liked, and trusted the sponsor. And I used the shotgun approach. I held my breath. I plugged my nose. 
I sent in my wire transfer. And thankfully, three years later, the sponsor operator had doubled my money. And from that point, I was completely hooked on the strategy of passively investing in real estate. Fast forward to today, as you mentioned before, I'm in 24 investments as a limited partner investor, most of which are in the multifamily space. However, I do have a couple of investments in self-storage, flex office, assisted living, retail. I am invested with six different operators over eight different market locations. Wow. So two babies while you were fixing flipping and then two more on the way, which were twins, I'm assuming. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It's a very good guess. They were twins and kind of more to that story. My wife and I always wanted to have more children than just two. Okay. But unfortunately we weren't able to have more than two children. And so we decided to adopt two kiddos. Those kiddos were born in Wuhan, China. Most people are completely unfamiliar with Wuhan until recently in 2022. So yes, I have been to Wuhan before and my two children were born there. Wow. So when you made that switch and flip from the fix and flips and the active investing into the more passive investing, what are some of the ways or what are some of the things that you were hoping to get out from? I know that you mentioned you kind of closed your eyes and you knew, liked and trust the sponsor and then decided to invest in with them. But what was your initial expectations going into that first syndication deal as a limited partner? Yeah. To be honest with you, I really didn't know what to expect, right? I knew the sponsor relatively well. I trusted the individual. I know that he had a previous track record in doing what he was doing. This wasn't his first time, right? Managing a large scale apartment reposition effort, right? Obviously, I read the business plan, listened to the investor webinar, read the pitch deck, read the operating agreement. But more than anything, at that stage in my life in 2015, I was really trying to find a way to diversify outside of Wall Street and what I say into Main Street. In addition to that, I no longer had an appetite at that point in my life to continue spending my time actively managing real estate because quite frankly, I had no additional bandwidth in my life at that point to be managing the fix and flip and rental business. So after that first syndication, did you wait until it went full cycle after that three years to invest in your next syndication or were you investing along the way during that time period as well? Yeah, great question. So after that first real estate syndication investment that I made, I waited four years to do my second one. Okay. However, during that time, I did invest in some debt equity funds. So I was still technically in real estate, just wasn't in an actual syndication, right? So it wasn't until 2019 where I made my second real estate investment. So between 2019 and 2023, where we are today over that four-year period has been the lion's share of investing that I've done in real estate. So from there... And 24 investments in during that time is quite a number to be invested in very quickly. How did you find your sponsors that you were looking to invest in? And what were some of the different things that you were looking for as you started to really deep dive and start to really build up that portfolio in syndications? 
That's a big question, right? So there's obviously going to be a lot there. More than anything, a big part of it is networking, right? As you know, and your audience probably knows, a lot of the deals that are available out there to invest in are 506B offerings, right? which means they can't be publicly advertised. So in order to gain access to those types of opportunities, it really is going to be very much a networking play, right? So I attended some real estate meetup groups. Obviously, I'm very active on LinkedIn. I'm networking constantly with other people. I've got a couple of mentors that I've come alongside me and have kind of been able to steer me in terms of what are some of the best practices in passive investing in real estate. So definitely encourage your audience If they haven't connected with Eileen, Eileen is a great resource for you to connect with as a mentor and a coach as you continue to expand your own passive investing journey. But beyond that, it really comes down to the track record of the sponsor. I tell this to people all the time that it's not just enough to trust the sponsor and their ability to execute a value-add business plan. You really have to be certain that they're the right person to manage and execute that business plan. There's a lot of people that I trust in my life, okay? But there's a lot of those same people that I would never trust with $100,000 of my own money and that fiduciary responsibility that comes along with it. So I'm a huge fan of making sure that you're comfortable with the sponsor you know that they have a tried and true track record. This isn't the first syndication deal that they're looking to implement their value add strategy. I'm a really big fan of the transparency of the sponsor because one thing that is certain in real estate and that is there's always things that are going wrong, okay? I say that in real estate, it's similar to birds fly, fish swim, and real estate just generally falls apart, right? And so because of that, you really have to have full confidence in that sponsor and not just the sponsor, but the team that they're surrounded with, right? Most sponsors that I invest with and have helped raise capital for, they're not just a team of one or two, they're a team of 10. Many of them have a vertically integrated property management company, vertically integrated on the construction management side, right? And so it's really trusting that team is going to be able to, again, execute that value-add business plan and ultimately return back to the limited partner investors the projected returns or exceed those projected returns that they had communicated early on on their pitch deck. So you said before you invested in your second syndication, you had also invested in some other debt equity funds and things like that along the way. What was it about the syndication multifamily space that really drew you into it where you started to invest significantly into there versus continuing to invest in a debt equity fund or other vehicles? Yeah, great question. I would say that my risk profile is probably a little bit more leaning towards heavier on the risk side. So I was willing to take on some additional risk in investing in a real estate syndication that I did not have in the debt equity fund. Okay. So I was willing to put up some additional capital knowing that my return profile could be slightly better. And at that stage in my life, and even into today, I'm willing to take that risk for a higher return profile. Second to that was really the tax benefits. 
Okay. Tremendous tax benefits. I'm sure many that are listening to this today are aware of the tax depreciation or the passive paper loss that they receive in the form of tax benefits or depreciation on their K-1. And that was a tremendous impact for both my wife and my family. Obviously, I'm not a CPA. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a tax attorney by any means. So certainly seek financial advice from your own personal CPA. But the tax benefit side of investing passively into real estate has largely been a game changer for us. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. And so for Jeremy, what are some of the things that you look for when investing in syndications with a sponsor in terms of their track record, what you're looking for in a sponsor, and as well as what you're looking for in the deal itself? Yeah, great question. So I'm a big fan of diversification within real estate investing. I encourage all investors to not just invest with one sponsor. Don't just invest in one particular market. Most sponsors do generally have a specific market that they've built out a team and they've built out an infrastructure in, right? And so I'm thankful to have personally not just invested into 24 deals as a limited partner investor in one market. I'm in eight different markets that span from North Carolina to Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Texas, Phoenix, right? So I like to have that diversification of sponsor. But in addition to that, obviously, real estate is always a very local thing. Sometimes people have a tendency to listen to what they see in the headline news. But when it comes to real estate, real estate is always local. And it can even be further dissected down into zip code or the side of the street that the real estate self sits on. So I really try to align myself with sponsors that have a very good understanding of the local real estate market in which they operate in. They have an assurance of closing that opportunity. They've got great relationships with local brokers. I like to see sponsors that are putting in some of their own capital into the deal. I traditionally like anywhere from 5 to 10% in terms of the sponsor themselves putting their own money into that opportunity. I think that shows investors good alignment of interest. So because you have a, such a diversified group of sponsors that you work with in different markets as well, which sponsors really stand out to you, not specifically names, but like what do they do in terms of their communication with you or how they're managing operating? What makes a sponsor stand out for you? Yeah, it's a great question. So communication is incredibly important. I've even told colleagues of mine, I would much rather invest with a sponsor that's projecting a lower internal rate of return, a lower equity multiple than another sponsor that has poor communication, 
Okay. Again, as we all know, those projected returns on those deal offerings are merely just projections and targets, right? You don't really know if the sponsor was able to hit those return projections until the time that deal ultimately goes full cycle. So what do we have left? We have communication, right? The sponsor communicate on a monthly basis, a quarterly basis. Is the sponsor giving you as close to real-time updates as possible? One of the last things that I would want as an investor is to know that an asset was experiencing some headwinds months after the fact, right? So I'm a big fan of aligning myself with sponsors that are communicating with investors on a monthly basis, and they're willing to disclose to their investors some of the skeletons that are in the closet related to that specific investment opportunity. And again, as I stated before, in real estate, there's always challenges. There's storms that rip through neighborhoods, right? There's occupancy that may not be at the level that the sponsor had originally predicted. There's expenses that are continuing to increase with inflation you know, rates going up. There's sponsors that are in a debt challenge right now and maybe have suspended distributions or capital calls, right? Because of largely the historic increase in interest rates, sulfur rate going from zero to 500 in a matter of just a very short period of time, 18 months or so. So those are really some of the things that I like to look into outside of just what that sponsor is relaying on their communication or pitch deck. And then in terms of distributions, does it matter whether it's a quarterly or a monthly distribution? Does that impact your decision at all? I wouldn't say that that impacts my decision at all. I think each investor needs to look at really what their own goals are. Are you more of a cash flow investor or are you more of an equity investor? If you're heavier on the cash flow side, usually the equity side tends to be a little bit less and, and vice versa, right? So everybody's at a different stage in their investing journey, right? And our goals change over time. My goal as an investor today is different than what my goals were five years ago. And in 10 years from now, my goals are going to be even different then. So I like to personally have a nice balance between cash flow and equity. I like to be able to see that mailbox money coming into my account once a month or once a quarter, depending upon the cadence of that sponsor. But at the same token, I also willing to take on a little bit of additional risk, knowing that payday when that deal goes full cycle, that profit that I receive as a limited partner investor can largely be a game changer, especially when you think about most investments in this space, having a 2x equity multiple over a three to five year hold period. It's amazing what happens to just a $50,000 investment multiplied or compounded over a 10, 15 or 20 year period. And because you're invested with so many different sponsors, I'm assuming that you also get a lot of different deal flow coming into your inbox on a monthly basis as well, and a lot of different deals and opportunities that you're able to invest in. So now that you've figured out the sponsors that you like the communication with and things like that, if you have several deals from multiple different sponsors that you already know, like, and trust and you have confidence in, how do you distinguish between which deals now you will be investing in or which ones stand out to you? 
Yeah, it's a great question. So it's an interesting question as well, because that kind of allows me to transition over into what I'm doing now as largely a capital raiser in this space. So because I've had the opportunity to evaluate hundreds of pitch decks, right, from arguably tens and twenties of sponsors, and I've personally had experience investing with many of them. And for those that I didn't invest with, I know other people that have, right? So it's a very small space, the syndication space in real estate. So because of that, I've been able to identify three sponsors that I not only know, like, and trust, but I've also personally invested with multiple times. In fact, one of the sponsors I've invested with 12 different times now. And so because of that, I already know what their track record is. I already know what their communication style looks like. I know that they're trusted in the space. I know that to the point in their syndication journey, so to speak, that they know how to deal with adversity. They know how to deal with headwinds, right? They know that there's opportunities at all various stages of the economic cycle in the areas that they focus in. So because of that, I'm also then able to bring those investment opportunities to my own colleagues, friends, and families to give them that opportunity to invest alongside me into those opportunities. So I no longer am evaluating hundreds and thousands of deals anymore. I've largely narrowed down my focus to primarily investing with three different sponsors. So what is your next focus, Jeremy? My next focus is to continue to educate busy professionals, higher net worth individuals on the benefits of investing passively into real estate. Many individuals that think about getting into real estate believe that the only way to do so is through a publicly traded REIT or to buy a dilapidated house down the road fix and flip it and rent it out. The reality is you don't need to do either of those two things. You can partner with people like Eileen or myself, and you can invest passively into opportunities and get some of the very same benefits out of those investments that you would if you did it on the active side. The difference is is you're not having to spend your precious evenings and weekends actively managing that asset because you're putting your faith and trust and hope in the sponsor to be able to execute that business plan on their own. So how has real estate investing impacted your life, Jeremy? Yeah, I would say for me, it's really largely been a game changer. It has enabled me to not be dependent on the W-2. Okay. It has enabled me to be put in a position now in my mid-40s where I know that within the next couple of years, I can completely release myself from dependence on an active day job. Okay. It's not that I have a desire to not work. It's that everyone gets to a point in their life where they have a desire to spend time on the things that they want to spend time on. Right. And so sometimes people talk about financial freedom. I'm not a big fan of the words financial freedom. I instead like time freedom, right? Passively investing in real estate has given me the opportunity to be able to do what I want to do in the future versus having to work hard to fulfill someone else's dreams. So what is the one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? Yeah, I would say the one thing that I know now is that 
real estate investing as a strategy is not a get rich quick scheme. This isn't Jeremy in college day trading stocks, right? This is Jeremy now investing passively into a real estate deal, knowing that it's not about timing the market. It's about spending time in the market, right? So again, it's not one of those things where you can just click the refresh button and you can see your investment increasing and decreasing. That is not how it works. But there's also a benefit in that for me in that it takes a lot of the emotional side of investing completely off of the table, right? Because again, real estate prices, they don't change overnight, right? The sponsor that's implementing that value-add business plan, it may not be until that deal goes full cycle until you see a payday, so to speak, on that particular investment. And obviously with stocks and bonds and mutual funds, works a little bit different. You can buy, sell, and hold those stocks literally on a minute-by-minute basis. And what is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing? I would say education is probably a big one. Certainly having coaches and mentors and networking with others. I have been able to learn a tremendous amount of information about real estate investing with no paid coaches, no paid mentors, no paid masterminds. Okay. I've largely been able to learn what I feel is necessary to know and understand about real estate listening to podcasts for free like yours, right? And buying books and obviously networking and getting to know others that are already in the space that we can learn from each other. So Jeremy, where can our listeners find out more about you and what you're doing? Yeah. Thank you for asking, Eileen. I'm relatively active on LinkedIn. You can find me there under Jeremy Dyer. You can also hit up my website at startingpointcapital.com. Again, that's startingpointcapital.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Jeremy. I appreciate it. Eileen, thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavis Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.